A reading of the Passion of our Lord from Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 52. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look! The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus? that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Brothers and sisters in Jesus, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our beloved Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for tonight's Lenten meditation is from the Gospel of St. John, these words from the 19th chapter. So he, Pilate, delivered him over to them to be crucified. 
So they took Jesus, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. In the name of Jesus, amen. It's fascinating to watch little babies and their hands. And if you ever had the opportunity to do that, as I have with our own children and our grandchildren, it almost mesmerizes you as you watch them become aware of their surroundings when they discover their hands. And look at them out there, then over there. Oh, and they might go and put the plug in their mouth every once in a while. And then they find out that they can move them and their arms go back and forth. And you know, if you put anything in their hands, where does it usually go? In the mouth. But the real fun begins when they know how to crawl. Those little hands start reaching for things that they shouldn't do. They can reach for silverware on the table, knock it on the floor. They find electrical outlets, and somehow they know something ought to go into that plug. And woe if they have something metallic and manage to go and shove it in, or grabbing hold of an extension cord, and they get the cord out just a little bit, and then their fingers short out the plug. But those hands, they continue to get bigger and find bigger and more dangerous things, like chemicals underneath the kitchen or bathroom sink. And then when they get older, those hands can do even more things like, uh, you know, sometimes a baseball ends up going through a window. Yeah. Or they get older yet, and they don't have a second-story bedroom. They can use their hands to go and open those windows, a window go out for the night without mom or dad aware of what's going on. Human hands can wrap themselves around some pretty bad things for some pretty bad reasons. Oh, when we're older, we know you don't go and stick forks or something metallic that can be short short out on an electrical outlet. We know what that would do. Through experience, we know what's good and what's bad. Like putting a hand on a hot burner. You just know you're not going to go ahead and do that. But there's more to it in terms of how we use our hands. We can use our hands to hurt others or hurt ourselves. Cain used his hands. And he killed his brother, Abel. 
Yes. People use hands. Evil people laid their hands on Jesus. Fists of people struck Jesus in his face. St. Paul writes, he says, well, we love ourselves, so we look out for ourselves by and large. But it's not so true when it comes to dealing with other people. The lessons that we learned from the plastic plugs about not sticking something metallic into the outlet, but then we go and use our hands and stick them in places where they ought not to be or the way they should not be used. Like when you're shopping and something gets snuck into a location where you can end up being checked out, but that particular item that you have hidden on your own person doesn't get paid for. For those of you in school, hands can have a little cheat sheet. You know, you sort of go on. Don't know the answer. Go and look. Oh, yeah, there it is. And how often haven't hands been used to write a scathing letter or an email or a Facebook post to put someone in their place where they belong? If written words could kill, we wouldn't have enough cemeteries. Sometimes our hands wrap around our phone, so, and we end up talking behind somebody else's back, destroying their reputation. In our own homes, we can wrap our hands around that remote control, and we can tune in on stuff that eyes should not see and ears should not hear. And images are placed into our mind that are almost at times impossible to eradicate. Folks, hands have been at the center of some of the darkest times in our lives. But there was someone else's hands, the hands of Jesus. Hands that were intended for good and blessing. But what happened to Jesus? Well, Pilate handed Jesus over to his enemies. Soldiers wrapped their hands around uh, thorns and made a crown and put, took their hands and put it on his hand, head. With their hands, they went and loaded him up with a cross. With their hands, they made him carry that cross all to the, to, to the place where he would die. And then some men, using their hands, took nails and a hammer and drove them through his hands and hung them on the tree of the cross until he breathed his last breath. Hands. Hands that are driven by a mind, by a selfish will, by the old Adam, 
do evil things. And hands even touched the blessed Savior and put him to death. But that's why he came. He came into this world and did wonderful things with hands. He touched the hands of a dead girl and said, Arise, and she rose from the dead. He touched the hands, or he touched the bodies of lepers, and they were cleansed. He touched the eyes of the blind, and they saw. He touched the ears of those that were deaf, and they heard. What a blessed Savior we have. And what a tragedy it is when we use our own hands to do evil. And because of our evil, his hands are pierced. He's nailed to the tree of the cross for all that we deserve because of our sin. Jesus' hands did the ultimate good. He takes our place on the cross. He suffers for us so that we would deserve the punishment for what we have done wrong. He could have let go. He could have gotten down from the cross as one of the, as he was invited to and tempted to. He saved others. He can't save himself. Come down from the cross. But he didn't. He stayed there because of his tremendous love for you and for me. For he knew that only through that sacrifice that he would make there on the cross would the sins of the world be paid for. And when he knew that that was completed, he said so. It's accomplished. It's finished. And he breathed his last And he was brought down from the cross. But that's not the last thing his hands did for us. We still see Jesus' hands today. Hands that are alive because Jesus walked out of the tomb three days later to do even more good with his holy hands. Those wounded hands of the crucified and risen Lord, embrace you and me every time someone comes to the font and the pastor baptizes them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and here Jesus is at work applying the benefits of his death and resurrection to the one baptized. And we can't help about how his hands still are at work, as we hear from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 16. In his right hand he held seven stars, and those seven stars are the seven angels of the church of Revelation, the pastors of those churches. And even though you don't have your own regularly called pastor, you yet have that wonderful opportunity to go and hear the nurture, the discipline, and the admonition of the Lord preached to you from this pulpit because the pastor who preaches 
is the one who's held in the hands of him who holds the seven stars, and he's appointed to go and bring to you the good news of Jesus. And in the hands of Jesus, you are kept safe. For one day he will bring you to live with him in paradise. And in the meantime, he protects you and me from danger and does not allow us to be taken out of his holy hands. For he's made this promise. No one can snatch them out of my hand. His hands have saved you. His hands are still preserving you today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.